Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to remind you to be more aware of individuals who may be disabled and how you can help. I'll also be interviewing Renee Seelman, who is going to share her personal story of having an amazing disabled child and how she is helping other families with disabled children gain wheelchair accessible vans. For more information about Renee and her phenomenal organization, please visit steelmanfamilyfoundation.org. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Awareness for those who are considered disabled. We are all really busy in our day. Often we're very internal and think about all the different things we have to do and how we're going to accomplish it. We all have very big hearts for those who may be struggling, but because we're so busy, we often forget that they're around us all the time. Yes, there are classifications for people who are considered disabled, and the American Disabilities Act really defines what that is, but how aware are you of all those individuals around you who may be struggling? It was interesting. I was walking down the street the other day, and there was a railroad track, and there was this elderly person attempting to push her walker over the railroad tracks. Now, for me, of course, it was easy. I could just simply walk around, but I saw this woman struggling, and it really brought things to light because, like I said, we're all very busy, but to see this person struggling, 
I immediately was able to put my stuff aside and help. And I'm sure that's an example of many of you listening today who do the same type of thing. But what about those things that we just take for granted? The parking spaces. Some of us, when we're in a hurry, will simply park in those parking spaces thinking we're only going to be in the store just for a few minutes. And because it's just a few minutes, we can justify parking in that space. Other people, and I've been guilty of this as well, we will use the stall in the bathroom, not thinking anything of it. But what we don't realize is that when we do that, those individuals who really need it may be waiting for us, may not have that flexibility or that ability to be as mobile or to be able to run into a store real quickly or not. Or even when you're at the gym, I've seen so many individuals leave their weights on the weight machines and not take it off. There are individuals who can't lift that up. And because of that, they're not able to use those different types of things. So this lesson itself is not to bring any shame or condemnation to anybody. It's just simply to have more of an awareness. When you are able to help those individuals who may not be as mobile, who may not be as strong as you, who may not have the flexibility as you, or all those different things that may be different, when you can stop and help them, just simply asking, is there anything I can do to help you? Kindness is what makes the world go around. So today, I would really challenge you that when you're going throughout your day, look around. How can you help people? And it doesn't have to be an obvious disability or anything like that. It could just simply be, how can you help the people around you? But be aware of what are you doing that could potentially hinder someone else from accessing the same types of things you can. But because we're in a hurry, sometimes we don't think about those things. So your awareness today is going to help those people live an even more fulfilled life. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Renee Seelman is a tireless advocate helping families in need and assisting acquisition for them of wheelchair accessible vans through her nonprofit Steelman Family Foundation. She and her husband have six children. The six was born with severe disabilities, wheelchair bound, tube fed, and cannot speak. He is now 31 years old. Renee has taken the experience of raising a disabled child and added creativity, positivity, and mentoring other young parents who find insurmountable anxiety, fears, and financial burdens with a disabled child. Welcome to my show, Renee. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, it's such a pleasure to have you on my show. I'm really looking forward to hearing all the amazing things that you're doing, especially hearing about your phenomenal son, TJ. You have an amazing foundation that I really want to help showcase as well. Oh, thank you so much. And he truly is amazing, I have to say. My listeners have not yet seen this, but there's a wonderful picture between you and your son, TJ, that you can really see the close bond that you two have. So my listeners, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and you will see this beautiful picture between Renee and her son. Well, and he's definitely my buddy, that's for sure. As any parent, they expect their child and want their child to be in top health. So you had five children who were in that top percentile for health, and all of a sudden you have your sixth child, and he was not in that same category. Walk us through, if we can just jump right into it, walk us through what that felt like for you and your husband as you experienced all these different types of emotions that many parents who have disabled children experience. Well, you know, I like to tell people that ignorance is bliss. And what you don't know and what you're not used to (laughs) and what your paradigm is, is sometimes a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. And because we had five healthy children, 
Um, mm-hmm. To have a child that has a disability or any kind of medical issue is so foreign that you don't really know what to expect. And so I didn't expect anything. And I, I often laugh because I remember when he was, uh, he spent about a little over a month up at Oregon Health Science University. And often the residents and the doctors and the, the, the young the young residents, you know, who were still in training, they would all come as a class and they would surround his incubator and Aww. and they would ask me questions and they would, you know, tell me things. And I would say to them, now, is there a slight possibility that he might have a learning disability because oh, of all goodness. of this? I mean, he's got tubes attached oh, to him yeah. and I'm just still so naive that the thought of having a child with a severe disability just never mm. crossed my mind. And mm. and so and I think also because he was the baby of the family, I had, you know, his brothers and sisters just welcomed him like they did the other babies oh. that came. And so he was always just part of the family. He was just the baby yeah. of the family. And that's kind of how we treated him. And it wasn't really until the other children grew up and, and started to have lives of their own that my husband and I kind of looked at each other and were like, huh. So this is the rest of our life, huh? And Mm, it really kind of hit us that we have a a, a child that we will be caring for for the rest of our lives. And so we have, you know, it's kind of an awakening and and a little bit, you know, naive, but in a way it was a blessing. Well, I think it makes so much sense in the fact that you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) We could all hear this and think, oh, this is what I would do or this is what I would do. But the reality is until you're in that situation, you really don't know how you would react, how you would respond or really what to do. Exactly, exactly. And as I mentioned, I think because we didn't have any experience with any kind of disabilities really, um, it made us a little bit, um, we didn't know what we should be whining about. And my, I have a, a grandson that is autistic. And because my daughter grew up with a brother that was disabled, she has a little bit of a precursor, a little bit of preview of coming attractions. And oh, yeah. it's almost harder on her because she sees what her life might possibly be modeling. And um, so yeah. it makes it almost harder uh, to kind of know what your future is, where we had no idea what our future would be. Yeah, you didn't have a baseline, but exactly. now she has one. So I can definitely see how that would be difficult. Exactly. So now, and once again, you didn't know what you didn't know, but as he became older, you realized that there are right. many buildings and locations that were not wheelchair accessible, right? Oh my gosh. It was just... Again, talking about walking in someone else's shoes, mm. people have no idea yeah. how unfriendly the world truly is to people who use wheelchairs. And it's not the the pretty little handicap spot in front of Costco. It's not the beautiful curbs that the ADA, you know, mm-hmm. rules have made cities now make, you know, curbs more wheelchair accessible. Those are all nice things. But um, store, I mean, there are ADA laws in place, but stores kind of ignore them, even though they're supposed to have three feet of 
of distance between their their aisles and and their their countertops and they don't i mean every mm. store piles yeah. their merchandise up sure. as much as they can and so you can't get in the stores you can't get through stores you can't find a good place to park uh unfortunately the uh wheelchair parking has been taken hugely advantage of yeah. and no, um so you know you you have very able-bodied people and i know this is very controversial and you'll have people you know, but you have able-bodied people taking advantage of wheelchair parking. And, you know, it's not a matter of um, can I park close to the entrance to the store. For me, it's a matter of I can't open the door of my car and get out if I don't have a ramp space available. Ah, so, interesting. you know, it's like I would be more than happy to park three rows down. Just give me space that I can open up the door, get the ramp out, and get my son out of his car. So it's not a matter of being able to be close. It's a matter of accessibility. Wow. And um, so there's just all kinds of, you know, things that by the time the day is over, you're exhausted. And you have a whole list of things you want to do. And you end up doing three errands. And then you just go home because it's not an accessible world. and, And it definitely opened up my heart and my eyes. Wow. I really like hearing this additional explanation. I mean, we all have seen the handicapped parking spots and we know what they're for, but I really like the additional piece that you're explaining to us also that it's because of the space as well. Uh, I obviously didn't know that that's not the position I, that's not my life, but to hear the additional piece, I think is is such good information for all of us. But I think just even thinking now, even about like in the washroom or in the bathroom, the handicapped spaces, using those as well right. also goes along with the same concept of what you're talking about as well. People mm-hmm. often just use it just because it's the most accessible at times. So once again, this is a really good learning right. lesson for all of us. Right, right, exactly. And it's it's very difficult because sometimes I think like exactly what you say. I go into a restroom, the handicapped stall is being used by a mom with two or three kids, and I totally get it. Mm-hmm. It's much safer for her to be able to bring all of her kids into this, you know, space. Um, and in in my the first thing I think in my in my head is, you know what? Even though I'm in a wheelchair or my son is in a wheelchair, I should have to wait my turn just like everybody else has Mm. to wait their turn. Um, So I get that. But then there's other times when I go in and there's three open stalls and I have to wait, you know, for, I have to wait for him because someone has decided that that's, that's the farthest stall down and that's the Mm. one they feel that they want to use. So I kind of go back and forth where I have compassion. I I understand. And then there's other times when it's like, get out. You know? <laughs> it's like, in fact, the other day I pulled into a store and there is a, there was a big, huge truck and they were parked. They, they had taken up all four handicapped parking spots because they were picking what? up a huge uh, amount of furniture from this store. Oh goodness. And boy, it just got my blood boiling. I and I did. walked in and I said, whose truck is that? And they're like, it's okay. It's okay. They're just loading. And I said, that is not a loading zone. That is a handicap zone. Get that truck out of there. And they're like, yeah, you know, so sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. And there's other days where I'm like, no, I'm not having it. I'm laughing right now because I know my listeners are right behind you encouraging you saying, yes, stand up for yourself. Yeah, I love to hear that. I love to hear that's part of it. But you're absolutely right. The rights of so many individuals, specifically in your situation, are not acknowledged. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's more like out of sight, out of mind. You don't know what you don't know, if that's out of ignorance, if that's just out of in your own world, or just not even aware of what's going on. So thank you for bringing awareness to all of us in this incredible story. 
Oh my gosh. It was again, so eye opening because he, you know, one of the things about cerebral palsy is, um, if they happen to have the spastic form, which my son has, their muscles are constantly working. They're constantly mm, tight. Gosh. And so they're burning calories. So a lot of times these kids are very thin. It doesn't really matter how many calories they take in. Their bodies, it's almost like an isometric move. Uh, so their bodies are burning calories all the time. So my son stayed very small and I was able to carry him around for a long time and his wheelchair was tiny and he was tiny and half the time I would just put him in a stroller mm -hmm. because he didn't really need the wheelchair and mm, okay. it wasn't until he got to be about 11 or 12 years old and his wheelchair got bigger and suddenly he was no longer able to sit in a car seat and he wasn't able to sit in a booster chair. And besides that, he doesn't have any control over his uh, body. So he doesn't have the ability to sit up straight. And so he would lean over and I would be packing him with pillows. So I'm op you know, opening up the car, putting, lifting him out of his chair, putting him into the seat, strapping him in, packing him with pillows, and then lifting the wheelchair and putting it in the back of the car. And eventually we just got to the point where I couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. And so we went shopping and we went looking for a vehicle that was, um, had been altered and was accessible. And we were blown away at the cost because you have to take into account that you have to purchase the vehicle. So most minivans, uh, you know, most cars, meh, 25, let's say 25 to 40,000. Um, and depending on, of course, like anybody else, you get to decide, do you want leather? Do you want DVD players? Sure. Do you want, you know, all the, the pretty the bells and whistles. sound sure. systems? Yeah. Bells and whistles. And so even if you got the absolute basic minivan, let's say at 25,000, then you have to have it adapted. And that is at least 26. To oh my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at a wow. $40,000 to $50,000 car and you've got a stripped down minivan. It's, I, I, you know, I, I always joke and say, somebody put a Mercedes emblem on the front just to make <laughs> me feel better that I'm driving a $65,000 car. Wow. It's a stinking, you know, minivan. It's a, it's a soccer mom car, you know? Wow. So, uh, and we cars in general are just a really bad investment anyway, because they depreciate so quickly. Uh, well, yes. And thank you for bringing that up because now you're dealing with mechanical issues mm -hmm. for the car itself, but now you're also dealing with mechanical issues because of the adaptations that have been oh, made. Oh gosh, yeah. And Which I'm assuming so, they wouldn't be under warranty then either. Right. Well, yeah, depending on, you know, did you buy a used vehicle? Did you buy a brand new vehicle? And so we were just sticker shocked. So our very first car was a very stripped down basic model. And, you know, it had electrical issues. I, I believe it was the can't remember what the brand was, but it was fairly new. I mean, my son was born in 1985 and the minivan in general had just been born in the 80s. Mm. So it was a brand, a brand new concept as it, as it was. So we just kind of looked around and we realized that this was an investment that not a lot of families could make. Yeah, and if you have a, a person in your family that is totally dependent on a wheelchair, you are either stuck at home or if you happen to live in a city or within city limits where you can take advantage of public transportation, but that's so time consuming. And yes, again, you, you might get one doctor's appointment in and it's going to take you hours, you know, to get there. And living in the Northwest where it rains all the time, you've got weather. Oh, it was just oh, a mess. Oh my gosh. So we just decided if there ever was a time in our lives where we could help other families uh, purchase wheelchair accessible vehicles, we were going to do it. And 
it took us, you know, we had to get those six kids raised and out of college and, and everything mm. we had to do. But when my husband retired, we just said, okay, this is, this is the time. And we started the foundation in January, 2016. So it's not even two years old. Oh my gosh. Wow. I didn't realize it was that yeah. young. Yeah. Very, very young. And we've already helped, um, over 12 families wow. uh, get into vans and it's just been so, uh, best thing ever. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I was actually going through your website, the SteelmanFamilyFoundation.org, and looking at all the different reviews and all the people that you've helped and how you've helped them, how you've instilled them with hope, how you've encouraged them, even providing them with vans. There's so much stuff that you've done. It's such a beautiful foundation that I really want to endorse as well. And I want my listeners to definitely check out your website, the SteelmanFamilyFoundation.org, read all the amazing things that you guys are doing and see what you can do, my listeners, to help these people out. Oh, that would be so amazing. It it is a um it's a very it's a very complicated thing because any any little amount helps, but mm-hmm. we're talking um you know, we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. that it takes. But and so people might think, well, I, I can only give twenty dollars, I can only give twenty-five dollars. But the reality is we had a wonderful group of uh, community people that got together and had a spaghetti feed. And most of the donations at that spaghetti feed were $25, $30. And there were a couple of people that were able to give $2,000, $3,000. But in all, in general, they raised over $12,000 Oh my gosh! Wow. Um, for a, a neighbor, a neighbor that mm. they found out had this need. And then with the help of our foundation, we were able to give this family a van. And for the first time, all of the children were able, they all jumped into that van and drove to North Carolina and visited (laughs) family and had a great vacation. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So any, any amount adds up. It's just that drop in the bucket that will eventually help a family because our grants are anywhere from, you know, 6,000 to $20,000. Wow. So yeah. Wow. That's, that's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So tell us specifically what all does the SteelmanFamilyFoundation.org do for the people it supports? We know it gives out vans, but what more does it do as well? The other thing that we do is we, a- we offer three scholarships to mm. high school children who are um, graduating with the intent to go into some kind of service that would be helping disabled children. Oh, so nice. physical therapy or occupational therapy or any kind of a field that will be helping the disabled, mm-hmm. we are taking, we take applications for scholarships. And, um, it's, it's amazing. The young people that, that apply what they have done in their high school life, the service they have done, the mentoring they have done. And the reason we did that was because when my son was in high school, there was a young man who wanted to be a physical therapist and he worked with the re what they call the resource room at the high school. Mm -hmm. And, um, he wanted to really be involved in TJ's life. And so he would come over and pick him up. He would take him bowling with his buddies. He would take him, just take him out, just be with his peers. And it's because of Nick that we decided to start the scholarship to help other kids who wanted to then go on as adults to help uh, disabled children. Wow. That's absolutely phenomenal. Now, when you look at your world or the, or rather the place where you live in the surrounding areas, are you finding that your organization is getting the coverage or press that it deserves or more people are hearing more about it? 
You know, for some odd reason, we, we have three, uh, we, we serve Oregon, Washington, Utah, and Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so far, I mean, like, like I mentioned, we're a young foundation. We don't really have the capital yet to, but eventually we'd love to help the sure. entire, you know, United States. Um, but we have found uh, a little bit more support in Utah and Arizona. There seems to be a little bit more of a uh, mentality Mm-hmm. of serving and donating in, in those states. Uh, we're, we're struggling a little bit in Portland. There's a lot of need uh, in the Portland area. Uh, there's a, a huge a homeless issue. Yes, there is. And uh, there's just a lot of need out there. And there's a lot of... <laughs> a lot of foundations and a lot mm-hmm. of nonprofits out there that we're, you know, are anxious to help a lot of different things. So we're struggling in the Portland area to, sure. to get donations, to get people that are really interested. It's very odd. I, I really don't know what the reason yeah. is behind it, but, but it does vary from, from state to state. It's very interesting. Well, the reason why I ask is the people listening to this who aren't specifically in the Oregon area, how would they be able to help? How would they be able to, or maybe even access some of the scholarships that you have? Or if they're in need themselves and live in a different state, Uh I'm assuming they can access this even if they're not in Oregon? Absolutely. And here's the key. We work with um, accessibility. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, formerly the company was known as uh, Performance Mobility. That's the dealership that we work with to provide the vans. And they're in 27 different states. Oh, wow. Okay. So there are Oklahoma, Colorado, New York. They're in a lot of different places. So I would tell your listeners to look up United Access or gosh, they just took over their new name, Access, Accessibility, uh, or even look up Performance Mobility and find out where they are located. And if you contact them, they will contact us. Okay, perfect. And so that's the perfect way. In fact, we had a company or we had a, uh, someone whose brother lived in the Portland area and they were actually in Oklahoma. Hmm. And the brother told her, told his sister about our services and she contacted me and we contacted the performance mobility in Oklahoma. And at the time we were only a few months old and we weren't able to help, but I have her on the back of my mind. I cannot get her out of my (laughs) mind. So at some point we are going to help her because she is a, um, a caseworker who ended up adopting one of her clients mm. who uh, is a little girl that is uh, complete. I can't remember what her disability is, but we don't just help uh, cerebral palsy. We help children between the ages of three and 18 with a various amount of disabilities. But the, the restriction is they have to be completely wheelchair users okay. if they're ambulatory at all then that doesn't fit our, fit sure. our criteria. Sure. Um, well, I love your tagline, which says, you serve families who roll. <laughs> yes, that yeah. makes sense because that's very specific that you serve individuals who are wheelchair bound. Right, exactly. So, you know, our goal is to, yeah, be all over the place. At some point, we want to be in every state where there is a performance mobility or an accessibility dealership because we, we love to work with them. They're, they're very, they really stand behind their product and their clients and they want to make sure that their cars are serviced properly. And so we, we, we love to work with them. Wonderful. Well, Renee Steelman, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you, about this amazing organization and how they can help and give back to their community, where will they find this information online? Well, as you mentioned, the best thing is to go to the website, which is steelmanfamilyfoundation.org. But of course, we also have an Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We are, our Twitter handle is um, at challenged2. 
uh, two as in T-O-O, as in as well. And mm-hmm. um, so we're all over social media and you can donate on the uh, website directly. And so, yeah, Facebook me, uh, email me, Steelman Family Foundation at gmail.com. I would love to get to know the people out there and I love to hear their stories. It just, it absolutely tears me apart yes. reading some of the applications. I just Ugh. wish I could help everyone. Oh my and someday, gosh, yes. someday we will. Someday we'll be as big as all of the other, you know, make a wish and all of these others and we'll just be helping people right and left. That's our goal. I believe that. I really do. Well, Renee, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. It's been a real honor and privilege getting to know you and hearing about this amazing organization you have. So thank you once again. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.